Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boys, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. Keith, what's up, baby? Oh, man, what's good, man? I'm feeling good. I'm excited because I think uh, college football finally gave us a, a good topic to get into. So I'm excited about this topic we're about to get into because I think there's a lot of layers to it. And there's a lot of things that we have to unpack. So I'm excited about this. Let's kick this thing off. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the topic we're talking about, guys, this is going to be uh, predominantly LSU discussed they gave us some news recently with the transfer acceptance of former Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels coming into LSU, who's going to battle with the quarterback room with uh, was it Miles Brennan because Max Johnson went over to Texas A&M. And Keith, it was a lot of things that surrounded this particular transfer, right? It wasn't just a, you know, because typically you see a lot of kids transfer like, man, you know what? The scheme doesn't fit. There's not enough. Uh, enough playing time. I'm not getting, you know, receivers leave because I'm not getting the the production I want. You look at Wandale Robinson going from, I think it was what, Wisconsin or Nebraska, either one of the two, and it went over to Kentucky and blew up, right? It wasn't that type of situation, Keith. Like this was a little more complex with some things that shouldn't have taken, taken place, might I say, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. So I, I, I think when we start is off, Let's start off with Jaden Daniels. Let's start off with that fact and and why he transferred. So there's been news for probably about the, what, maybe past three, four months about um, coordinators getting fired, coaches getting fired, and Arizona State being in trouble because of some recruiting violations slash sanctions, if you want to see. So um, Jaden Daniels is a three-year starter, three-year contributor. He's um has posted some pretty good stats in the Pac-12, and he's a guy, a, a dual-threat guy overall. So he's a good player. Um, I think everybody would thought that he would be the leader of the locker room headed into this year. Um, so him up and transferring was kind of a, a big deal, but the background part of it, I think people understand why, just as far as him wanting to go to a new program and an opportunity to win. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, you, you look at who he is, right? Coming out of high school, this kid was a four-star recruit. He ranked 35 and 35 out of all prospects in the entire nation. He was a number two ranked dual threat quarterback and the number third, number three ranked uh, pros- uh, not prospect, recruit rather, coming out of Cal- the whole state of California. This was a highly touted kid. And you saw his first year, uh, which was 2019, he posted 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, almost 3,000 yards passing. And, again, we see the dual threat ability. Uh, 2020, shortened season, you know, not even 1,000 yards. And then you come into 2021 where offensively his best weapon was running back. That's in this class, Rashad White, one of my guys. And he posted, you know, 65% completion over almost, close to 2,400 yards. He had 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Then he also had – 
uh, a little over 700 yards on the ground, right? Adding six touchdowns. So he is a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, Keith. So I want to hear from you. You know, he's going to, to, to your team, to your squad, right? He's going to the neck of the woods. <laughs> so looking at this QB room with him and Miles Brennan, what does, what does Jaden Daniels bring to this QB room? Uh, yeah, I think that's where you have to start, right? Because you just read off all the statistics and none of them were eye-popping statistics, right? Like when you look at them, um, we can be completely honest and they, they were very pedestrian. They were they were average at best. Um, there were numbers where you were like, okay, this guy shows glimpses of hope as far as being a top guy. And then we talk about coming into LSU, um, what I would want from Jane Daniels, and I think what he would bring is the fact that it's his mobility, um, you know, just to the, to the to the room and just having that opportunity to be able to run the ball from the quarterback position. Because uh, just knowing LSU's quarterback room, they have Miles Brennan, and I believe they have uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a, you know, who's a mobile quarterback, but I'm not sure if he has the type of wheels that Jane Daniels has. So I think that's what he's brought on to do, to be that kind of X-factor type quarterback that when everything's going wrong, and we know in the past LSU has, has had their offensive line issues. So I'm thinking that they may be thinking that, hey, if this offensive line is not put together like we need to, we don't need a, a stand-in-the-pocket guy like Miles Brennan. We may need a guy like Jaden Daniels who can, uh, you know, who's a mobile quarterback who can get, escape the pocket, uh, throw the ball down the field, but also those key yards. Like, there's a big difference between first and 10 and then doing second and 10 because you couldn't pick up any yardage with your leg, but now you have second and two. So just a guy to kind of keep the offense on schedule and, and possibly ahead of the uh, ahead of the chain. So that's that's what I think Jay Daniels um, will bring to the offense, and I think that's why the coaching staff went got him. Absolutely, and like you said, that that dual threat ability. And you think about how, how he opens up the, the run game for those other for the running backs that's going to be in the backfield. When you have to when you have to factor in a mobile quarterback that backside in who has to sit instead of just crashing down on the inside zone or outside zone, the power plays is like okay. I got to play the half man because Jaden has the speed and the ability to be dynamic and get, not just get to the edge, but get in open field and gash us for big plays. Like I said, he had over 700 yards rushing last, last year or this past season. And the one thing about it, he does have, he has a solid arm. He has the the footwork in the pocket to be able to kind of flip, especially in the RPO game, you know, the, the, the flip and trigger and, and snap his hips and get his feet set. It's going to be interesting because at the end of the day, we talked about that last week with Kayshawn. It's going to, the, the quarterback position, this was before the news even broke. The quarterback position will be really big for his production because who's going right. to be able to give him the best opportunity to produce? I'm looking at just talent wise, I think that that probably will be Jaden Daniels. And like I said, that second, re, second window, that second reaction opportunities that he will create with his legs that Miles Brennan may not be able to create as dynamic as Jaden Daniels. I really hope to see him in the spring game once, you know, everything is really settled and he's settled into LSU. Cause I want to see how Brian Kelly and how he meshes with that offense. Yeah, no, I agree. I, but I think it's important that we put into context um, we're taking Jaden Daniels and now we're placing him in the SEC. Mm. So that's a different caliber athlete. You know, like yeah. on the other side of the football is going to be Will Anderson waiting for you. It's not going to be um, the the outside linebacker for Cal or something like that. Like that's that's a totally different ball game, and that's going to be a weekend and week out thing. So I think it's important that we put that in context while. 
you know, I think LSU fans should be hopeful. I think they should also understand that this may be a learning curve for Jay Daniels. Um, because like I said, you have to worry about both sides of the football. I think immediately when people look at it, it's like, oh man, a good quarterback leaving the Pac-12, um, going to play with better weapons. But like I say, he's also going against better defenders. Um, you know, this is not a this is not a a league that plays a lot of zone defense. It's a lot of man. So you have to fit the ball into tight windows against some spectacular athletes um, throughout the front seven and on the back end. So I'm interested to see how this is going to go. And I know you brought up the quarterback room. Um, Miles Brennan just getting into his numbers. I was there his last year when he was there and he got hurt. He put up pretty good numbers. Like he, he had some games where I believe he threw for three, 400 yards. Um, when LSU started off Rocky, uh, the first four games, it was to no fault of Miles Brennan. So he, he was slinging a rock at the end of the day. So that competition is going to be really big. And I'm interested to see what are the – coaches looking for right like are they looking for the game manager a guy that's not going to make mistakes or are they looking for the gunslinger that's going to put try to put up 400 yards or is brian kelly looking for the type of quarterbacks that he's had in the past at notre dame when you think about knee and book ian book i'm sorry when you think about Deshaun kaiser and a bevy other quarterbacks that had a slight element of mobility to them and they were okay throwing the football but they were able just to win games right and I think that's where Jay Daniels can fall. Um, but it's important to understand another element, and I just keep going, is that what team is he surrounded by? You know, because this is not the same LSU team from the, the 2010s, the 2015s, even the 2019 championship year. We've seen that. There's, there are a bunch of holes along this offensive line, primarily, um, that need to get filled. Absolutely. And when you look at, like you said, you talk, just kind of go piggyback off your point about Miles Brennan real quick. Yeah. 2020, you know, his first three, his first three games, he, now he didn't throw under 30, you know, he didn't throw under 30, uh, 330 yards per game. He 334, uh, 345, 337 and 430. And he's had 11 to three touchdown ratio. So, and you think about what that's pretty good numbers. If you ask me. In, in the SEC, in the SEC, those are really good numbers. So, and then you think about what Brian Kelly had his final year in Notre Dame. He had Jack Cohn, who was a Wisconsin transfer, a guy that people weren't really sure how he would, you know, how he would play in, in Notre Dame. He played pretty good football to the point where he was on the NFL draft you know, just radar, right? So Miles Brennan could definitely walk out of there, Keith, out of, you know, out of this quarterback battle as QB1 heading into that season. And, you know, he's got this prototypical size, 6'4", 210. So, you know, accuracy, ball placement, arm strength, he's going to be, he's, it's going to be a fun battle to watch. But Keith, let, let's jump into the why. We, you know, we talk, I think we, you said that on the first podcast, it's not just the talent, but it's the why, right? We're going to talk about the why. Why is Jaden Daniels, why did he transfer? So I was reading up on it. Man. I was reading up right, on it. Let, uh, let me hear what you got to see. Let it, me see. It, it kind of caught me off guard reading some of it. So <clears throat> June 24th, 2021, his mom reportedly aided ASU in alleged recruiting violations. There are screenshots of emails that show his mother, Regina Jackson, uh, allegedly helping book more than $1,100 worth of flights for recruits and the adults accompanying them on recruiting trip from Florida, according to the documents. So you have a recruiting scandal going on, a recruiting situation where, like you said earlier, coaches are leaving, 
Um, I believe it was uh, D, one of the defensive uh, defensive coaches who's a former New York Giant linebacker. He was a D.C., matter of fact, Tonyo Pierce. He removed all his um, ASU affiliation from his Twitter bio. And that was back in October. And, and Keith, it, was, it got to the point where they actually – he was not allowed to recruit off campus due to the NCAA review. So not only is there a sanction and violation going on in ASU – Jaden Daniels particular family has something to do with this particular situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy at the end of the day. And let's talk about how ironic it is, right? Because LSU isn't necessarily in the best situation um, as far as their news either. Right. So it's, right. it's, it's you know, it, I don't know if that's a pick your poison type situation or what's going on, but um, I think that's very interesting that, like you said, that he was involved in it. Um, and then him going into having a quarterback competition with Miles Brennan. And you mentioned that, but you know, we in a new age, right. To where Miles Brennan, I want to know how he feels about this because Miles Brennan before, I want to say before this semester or at some point, he entered into the transfer portal. When Brian Kelly first got there, he was part of that um, mass exodus that was like, you know what, I'm done, I'm over this, I'm going to go find somewhere to go. And there were reports that he could have easily went to Mississippi State. Um, He played high school in the state of Mississippi. So that would have been an easy transfer for him. And it would have made a lot of sense, him going to a wide-open offense, um, you know, with Mike Leach. would have made a lot of sense. But he decided to stay, stay, I'm sorry, which – to me, means that there was some recruitment going on, right? Like somebody wanted to keep Miles Brennan there. They sat down with him. They had the conversation. And more than sure, they told him, hey, you're you're our guy, right? Then you you fast forward a couple months, two, three months, and then now you're bringing in another quarterback. And this is not a younger guy uh, to ride the bench for depth. This is a guy that you're bringing in to directly compete with me. So if I'm Miles Brennan, I am extremely upset because – I'm going into my fourth, fifth year, I believe. he's a He should be a redshirt senior. I think he was a 2017 recruit. So he's going into, I believe, his redshirt senior year, and you're going to bring me in for a quarterback battle. I'm going to, you know, have to stick it out through spring practice when I could have been at a, another school. I could have been learning a new playbook. I could have been um, kind of laying my foundation. So that's the part of the story that I thought was really interesting because, you know, it's, it's the old adage, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that's the that's it, right? As many people are excited about Jane Daniels going to LSU, I'm more than sure Miles Brennan and his family are not excited about this situation. No, not at all. Not at all. Like <laughs> you, you sit there and you, like you like you said, you enter the portal, like you know what, man, I'm gonna leave and then I'm gonna come back. And, and then okay, we got a new coach. And like you know, they they want me here to say I'm the guy. Got Kayshawn coming back healthy. Like, okay, we, we, we're going to do some things. My last three games when I was when I was here, I'll put up some numbers. And I, I was accurate, you know, I was efficient, everything. And I'm, I'm going to get a full season, you know. Uh, you know, God willing, I'm going to get a full season. We're going to put up some magic. We're going to make some magic, right? Then you get the news, hey, Jaden Daniels pulling, coming in. And not only is he coming in, but he's coming in off of a scandal that his that he had something to do with. So it's just like, Miles, right. you know, Miles Brennan sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what, what, like yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it goes to just the nature right now. And like we talked about the state of college football with this transfer portal, you're going to have multiple situations like this going forward, Keith, where whether it's a a starting quarterback, a starting pass rusher, running back, whatever, what what have you is just be like, okay, 
I was going to leave, but you guys said, hey, stay. Like, we, we want to feature you, all of that stuff. Then another five-star hits the portal, and he's like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, we can make our team a little better. Yep. What's, you no know, competition ain't never hurt nobody, right? That's you know, that's big. That's what <laughs> coaches stuff. That's, that's when you start speak. flirting a little bit, right? Yeah, you yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that meme <laughs> where, the, where the guy's walking with his girl, but he's turning around looking at the other girl like, so, yeah. I mean, I still love you and everything, but you know, she's not, she's not, not that bad, babe. You know, I'm just looking, but that's, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Right. Like more and more situations like that is going to happen. So you look at the state of college football right now. And then LSU, we talked about that. LSU is really kind of living in the transfer portal themselves. They lost players, you know, Elias Ricks and a couple other guys, but they brought in some guys as well. It's very similar. Like, it's almost like they're rebuilding and retooling their team through college football's free agency. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it looks like. So they finished the year, that bowl game against Kansas State. I believe they had less than 40 scholarship players. And just so our listeners understand that you usually have somewhere around 80-something, right? Like that's usually um, a prototypical number for a fully operating roster. So that was just about less than half of your roster. And then you had other guys hopping the portal after the game. So, yeah, we, we are watching probably the first team – especially big-time program, right? LSU is a big-time sports program. We're watching the first sports program rebuild themselves through the transfer portal. And this has to be strategic, right? Because when when Brian Kelly comes in, he can take the opportunity to be like, okay, we're going to sign high school kids. You know, like we're going to go after, we're going to use our initial scholarships and sign high school kids. But it looks as though him and the coaching staff, staff, they sat down and they said, you know what? I'm in a situation at LSU where I need to win now. I can't afford to take a gamble on high school kids developing. I need something that's concrete. I need to know what I'm getting myself into. So they went and got they went and got guys that already have experience playing college football to somewhat hold them over. Like, and I know they in we talk about it, um, you know, being a cold world as far as the transfer portal, they actually stole two defensive backs from Arkansas. That's a rival, you know, so that that that's amazing in itself. So I think we're watching the first big time sports program uh, kind of reinvent themselves and at least just try to put a step, a stopgap into the the, um, the bleeding, I would say, of what was going on at LSU. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because that's losing those players, losing having those, that, that small amount of, of scholarship players. Is not is not a good thing, and and to be able to go in the portal and say you know what like we got to start fresh, start fresh with a new coaching staff, start fresh with new players, you know, and, and they got some 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 solid names, not, not just Jaden Daniels, but uh, they got you know running back from Penn, from uh, Penn State Noah Kane coming in. They they have some some prospects. Uh, they you know losing Elias Ricks, they went and got Jarek Bernard Converse, uh, who is going to be I think he's like a he'll be a fifth year senior. Um, from um, yeah. Oklahoma State, 6'1", 200 pounds. So like you said, it is, it's the transfer portal, and I think we alluded to this on our very first episode, talking about the quarterbacks that, were, that entered and moved places uh, due to the transfer. The transfer portal legitimately is free agency for college football. You know what I mean? And, and it's like it's, money's not technically involved, like, you know, how it is in the NFL. It's like, hey, highest bidder, I'm coming. But it's more so, okay, guys are leaving. What? Does LSU fit the scheme? Does their scheme fit my skill set? Right? Like, I need to go somewhere. I, I got one year of eligibility left. I need to go somewhere where it's going to pay off 
I'm going to be able to put up numbers and get on the get higher high enough on the draft radar that I'm not a day three pick or un, you know priority free agent, and I can take care of my family. Yeah. So I in the past the coaches have always been able to do what's best for them, right? And now I think we're starting to see the players and they're able to do what's best for them. So it's, it's, it's split 50, 50. Now, um, if the coaches see a better opportunity for themselves, they leave, they leave all the time that they have no loyalty. It's not like they're from that state. It's not like they've been coaching there for 10 years. It's not no type of tie down with family. So they get up and leave and they go on and, you know, take more money and better opportunities. And now we're seeing players start to do the same thing. And sometimes it is a reaction to a coach leaving or um, status of a program or them not getting enough playing time. Or honestly, coaches just not being honest with them for whatever reason through, through the recruiting process. So I think that's why we're seeing so many, kids overall into the um, the transfer portal. And I think this is the first time it is actually somewhat balanced. Um, and it's interesting to see how some programs are going to handle it because let's, you know, let's get into it the other way. We talked about LSU and them reinventing themselves. How about Alabama just reloading through the transfer portal, right? They, they took two of the top skill, well, three, I'm sorry, three of the top skill position players, Elias Ricks at corner, Jermaine Burton from Georgia at wide receiver, and then they went and got Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. So that's a totally different philosophy, right? Like you're talking about going, get the elite of the elite. Like when you talk about in, in the off season and it's talking about pushing your chips in the table, somewhat to what the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams did, right? Like, okay, y'all, y'all are not happy in y'all situations. Odell Beckham, come over here. Von Miller, you want to win a Super Bowl? Man, come over here. And you, you've seen somewhat of the similar, um, I guess, approaches to this. And I think that's where um, college football is going to be. So it, it, it's interesting. Uh, and, and, and to your point, Nick Saban had to adapt. You know, this, this yeah. transfer portal, the NIL, all this stuff is making these old school coaches either, listen, you either adapt and evolve or you become extinct. Like, that's just a fact. Yep. And, and, and Nick Saban's looking at the situation like, you know what? And it started last year. You think if he didn't bring in Jamison Williams and Jamison Williams had the year he had to now, if he didn't tear his ACL, Jamison Williams probably a, ten, a top 10 pick, like to the probably to the New York Jets. He'd probably be the first receiver off the board if he was able to go to the, you know, go to the combine healthy, jump out and, the gym and like, come on. And and not, and not to cut you off, um, what he meant to that team. Right. Like he, he meant everything to that team. John Mitchell got hurt the game before. But when you watch the, the, the championship game, the Alabama offense was still humming through Jameson Williams. It wasn't until Jameson Williams got hurt that the Alabama offense went completely silent. So you're talking about bringing in a guy through a transfer. They essentially became the rock of your offense. So, man, we talk about how important the transfer portal is. It's important to identify those guys and bring them in and understand the status of your program. And I think that's what we're watching with how Alabama approached it. They understand that they're in a championship window and they're trying to win championships. And then you understand LSU to where they're just trying to get back to that eight and five type situation because they can very well be five and seven again next year. Right. So it's, it's different approaches, but it's key to understand the status of your program when attacking the transfer portal. And I, and, and I that's a great point because the mentality of the player and who he is and what he brings in the locker room, on the field, off the field. And that's what Jamison Williams. So then you look at, you sit and think about being in the shoes of Jameer Gibbs and Jermaine Burton and Elias Ricks. And like, you know what? 
this I, I need this this is what I need to be. This is this is the team I, I yeah. and watching it was just something in this in the eye of Nick Saban when he lost, right? When he lost to Georgia, you kind of saw like, okay, I'm not taking this line down. Like I'm I'm I can't. I can't sit there and just be like, okay, we're gonna run it with the guys, the young kids. I'm just expect them to 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 make that next step. He's like, mm, okay. Jermaine Burton, you're not happy with Stetson Bennett? Sure, come on over. You know, you come on over. Jameer Gibbs, they're not, they're not, you know that Georgia Tech is just kind of in flux and in and, and, and transition. They're not, not really having a true direction just yet. You come on over as well. And Elias Ricks, I need a number one corner. Majority of my corners have gone to the NFL now. You come over as well. And if you go in that matchup with you and Kayshawn and you shut Kayshawn down, Scout's going to be salivating all over your game. Like, okay, he might be. Uh, CB one in, in 2023 for that draft. So, but then I want to flip you flip it as well, Keith, to the teams that looking at Alabama and looking at that stacked roster they have. You think about Jerome Ford, who, who the Cincinnati running back. He was a former Bama running back, right? Down on the depth chart. Right. Alvin Kamara coming. You know he he transferred when they was that when they had that that run of just running backs, right? And he was on the bottom of the totem pole. But he's like, you know, I can't, I, I can't sit here. So he went to Tennessee, and he put on, he, he put on the show, and he got drafted. and He became one of the best backs in football. They're going to, I, I believe that on the flip side, while Bama's able to 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 re, they're not rebuilding, they're just reloading with talent to get better and, and stay in that championship window. They're going to be teams coming for their bottom. Because you think about it, if you're a team like Tulsa or Cincinnati, and there's a running back or a receiver. That's a five star that's been that's gonna be waiting. Why not? You know what I'm saying? If they if they're not happy, why not go after this kid and try to pluck him? Just like think about like practice, practice squad players, right? Those t- bottom of the tier guys that are talented that they're trying to develop. But if I can grab this kid, maybe he can make a big impact on our team. Yeah. So essentially what it's doing is it's not allowing those big time programs to just stack rosters and stack recruiting classes on top of each other because it's going to become year cycles, right? Every year is going to be a reshuffling of the deck and your roster is going to look completely different because like, like we, we have to understand is that, we, you know, we, we look at it through the lens or, um, you know, just casual fans, right? We look at it through the lens of, man, being loyal to the school and, man, they said they're going to be at the school, but at the same time, these kids are going to practice every single day and they're not getting any playing time. They told, they were told on these recruiting visits, on these recruiting trips for the past three years that they were the greatest thing ever and that they were going to play immediately, right? So they enter it into that, with that mindset. And when you're going to practice every single day, um, going through, you know, just how tough practices are, just playing a game of football as a physical sport and you're not playing, of course you're going to start looking other way, other places, right? Because your dream and aspirations ultimately are still to make it to the NFL. So I think the them having that opportunity to kind of stack rosters, I don't think that's going to be, you know, going to stand. And I will say this, it may look a lot more similar to how college basketball approaches it. Meaning what, like that the starting lineup for Kentucky has changed every year for the past 20, 30 years, right? Like every year it changes. And I think we're going to see some of that. Like Nick Saban, you just got to tip your hat to him. I think he was just the first one to do it at an elite level, right? When I was in college football, the transfer portal was always used to kind of would stop gap guys to kind of just plug a hole and, you know, just, okay, I'm cool with if I just get an okay player. Nick Saban is sitting back in his staff and they're thinking like, nah, man, let's go get the elite guys. You know, let, let's go get the elite one. So, man, he, he's doing it in, in a great way. 
And man, if they if they go win a championship next year, then I, much like anything else with sports, you you can imagine that everybody else is going to try to copy that recipe. Absolutely, and, and, and like I just like to my point, and then off of your point as well. Look what he did to Ohio State. Ohio State tried to stash Jameson Williams with that elite receiver room they had. And James Williams was like, man, I'm too good for this, right? Yep. And, and, and into the season, <laughs> right? And into the season, people are like, well, you know, we'll and see. I don't, we'll I don't see. mean to cut you off, but no, yeah, you're can right. you imagine that Ohio State room with Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson? Like, Bro. what is that? <laughs> not even just imagine that receiver room think about at practice those dbs are going through pure hell trying to cover these kids yeah. it's like yo they, come on man so you you sub out jsn jackson jackson smith and jig but then I, now i got to run downfield with jameson williams like absolutely not like that's not even that's nowhere near fair to the defensive backs in that situation but that's what saban did Saban's like okay jameson williams like i'm betting on myself i know i'm better than just sitting is like a fourth or fifth fifth option. Even though these guys are good, I can be great. I can be elite. And then he got the opportunity to show that. So it's going to be more and more situations. It's going to empower more and more kids that say, listen, man, I mean, y'all told me I was going to start at least two years. It's, th- it's year three. And it doesn't look like I'm even going to get 50% playing time. I'm mm-hmm. not going to put myself through that. And then that's why you have, Parents as well stepping in, like, hey, you know, talking to the kids, what do you want to do? Do you, you know, and you know, some of the dads, I know you know, you already got some stories <laughs> and some fathers, like, hey, I thought my kid was going to play immediately. You know, we're going to get up out of here. Oh, we yeah. Pack it's, our bags, um, like I said, go. it's, it's one year contracts. It's one right. year contracts. Exactly. <laughs> so the state of college football is going to be ever changing. And it's going to, it's never going to be the same as what we used to. So I, like you talked about with the casual fan. I would advise anybody, do not get do not get too connected to these kids, man. Because at the drop of a hat, not even in an offseason, it could literally be after the season. Because I can't remember who it was that, that transferred. Um, but it was like literally after the season, it was kind of announced maybe a couple weeks to a month later. Yo, it was a big, big name kid. And he transferred out. And I'm like, well, dang. Spencer Rattler, matter of fact. Which we kind of knew was coming. But it didn't take long after the season was over before the bowl game. That Spencer Rattler was like, yeah, no, I'm out, you know, and then that's when the news came out and going to, to, to South so, uh, South Carolina. But that's what to the casual fans just don't get don't get too hyped, you know, and, and get too connected to these kids because if things don't go the way that you know they were told, there's a strong chance that these kids can uh, can step away. Yeah, and and, and let me um, see this that it may not necessarily be a bad thing, right? Because, like, flat, let's flash back to 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when uh, LeBron left Miami, right? He took his talents to South Beach. Everybody said, man, this guy just ruined NBA basketball, right? And then you fast forward 12 years, and everybody copied the same thing. So now we get Joel Embiid and James Harden together in the 76ers, right? Now we get the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And it's like now the players are recruiting themselves, and it's creating great content. It's creating great games. It's creating you know, just great seasons overall of what we think may happen. So, man, I, I would say to the college football fans, like you see, being attached in that type of situation may not be the best for you, but don't get down on college football. I think it's just a turn of the page. I think it's going to become – the offseason is going to become even more exciting. Um, so I, I think it's going to be great moving forward. I'm telling you, man. Listen, basketball typically – basketball free agency typically rules 
in terms of them in the NFL, but we, as we're seeing right now, the NFL is like, yo, we got up our game a little bit. We're going to start making some quarterback trades. We're doing, you know, it's, it's Russian roulette out here, baby. We're playing, we're playing spades. We're playing, you know, 21. We're doing a lot of different things. And I think that's going to be the same thing for college football. When a lot of these kids, these five-star kids who have huge followings on social media and it's like, Hey, they start moving to different places, man. It's going to be a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see where these kids land. Because again, this is free agency of college football. And I'm excited for it, Keith, because I want to see, like I said, I always say, right. If we could have got Bryce young at Iowa, with a dominant offensive line and run game and some, and they had typically good receivers that nobody knew were good because they didn't throw the ball or they didn't have good quarterbacks to get them the football. If you take some of these, these quarterbacks that Nick Saban has stashed over the couple of years and, and I, and my closing point, let's go back a couple, you no, know, a couple of years ago, actually, when Tua came in to the national championship game against Georgia in the second half, throws the game and touchdown to Devonta Smith. It came out coming into that camp and into that next season's of training camp and, and spring training. Tua's dad was basically like, listen, Nick, like you got a decision to make. Like either it's Tua or Jalen Hurts. Because if you pick Jalen Hurts, we're going to go ahead and go to SoCal. Because if anybody watched the documentary about Tua, that's where most of his family, I, I believe, went for college was, you know, yeah. was, was USC, SoCal. Yeah. So he was, if, if Saban... Literally, you know, play hey, anybody knows, you know, being both, you know, you've seen me and Keith, we're both black men playing cards in the black community. There's a saying you think long, you think wrong. If Nick Saban had thought wrong and went with Jalen Hurts, he would have lost Tua. Tua would have went to SoCal, and we don't know how that would have turned out, right? SoCal would have finally had them a really good quarterback, you know, especially at the college level. So it, it it's going to put a lot of pressure on these coaches to make some decisions too, Keith, like whether it's quarterback, receiver, offensive line, it's going to make these coaches are going to have a lot of decisions to make when these kids come to their, to their office. Like, Hey, listen, I'm thinking about transferring. Um, I'm not getting what I want or, or what I was told or what I believe I deserve. And now you just got to make a decision. Like, Hey, do I force him onto the field and he's not part of my, the actual plan or do I just let him walk? Yeah, no, I agree. Like you said, we're in a new age of college football. Uh, like I said, it's exciting. It's exciting to see how these college programs are going to start to approach the offseason from here on out. Um, I think the transfer portal is only going to make things more exciting, more interesting. And man, I'm 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 ready for it. So let's let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Absolutely, guys. And it's like I say, stick with us because we have a lot of fun content coming to you guys. Uh, you know, spring tra- spring training and practices will be ramping up soon. You know, we're getting into the spring uh, for the southern months. I can't speak to the northerners. You're probably still dealing with some cold weather. Sorry to hear it. But I'm going to enjoy that 80 degree weather when it hits us down here. So, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming down. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. And as I tell you guys, after every single show, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. Go on Apple, um, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever platform that you listen to your podcast subscribe like and share tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that hey when you're doing dishes i got a cool podcast that you can listen to to help make the time go by that is our show like i said we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline for you guys i'm damian parson that's keith sanchez this is the talent factor podcast and remember baby talent is always the factor thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.